Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hey everyone, welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 56, the Stefan Robida edition of the Canadians Connection Podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in studio by my co-host, Stefan Robidot, to my Scott Frazier, Mr. Rick Stevens. How's it going, Rick? Well, we were just uh, comparing notes on who's sicker here. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a little <laughs> under the weather on the yeah. road. You're, you're, uh, yeah, you're, uh, it's been a couple of weeks now. You're, you're been, still under yeah. the weather. So uh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a yeah. challenge. Um, and, and, and we're up to it. I think so. Uh, we've we've had we've had worse in terms yeah. of being at, a, at, at sicker than this. Uh, I think back to the summer, there was an episode, maybe uh, oh, July, right. I believe, where we were both just completely <laughs> under the weather in a way that I don't think I ever thought I would be able to actually host a podcast. But we got through that, so we're gonna get through this. <laughs> Absolutely, and we got a lot to talk about. So we do, and uh, it's been quite the week. And and you, of course. I think it's it's only fair to to describe that you you're to say that you've had quite the week in the past couple of days. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. Uh, <laughs> traveling all over Hell's Half Acre, as they say, and and uh, but uh, with with uh, seeing some seeing some great hockey, seeing some uh, 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 really impressive facilities, and and it's been fun um, and. Uh, uh, all leagues as rocket sports, we cover, we cover everything. So, uh, there's going to be a little bit of NCAA news, uh, and coming up on from the press box, we're going to have a little bit, a bit of ECHL news as the trip continues. So, uh, it's been fun, but we'll give you all yeah. the information and news and background and insider stuff that, uh, uh you don't get anywhere else on the road, providing some uh, great insight into, uh, the NCAA and and now soon enough the ECHL and of course the uh, the great work that gets done with uh, the AHL report team so it's it continues and and Rick one thing that that has uh, developed over the last week we talked about it a little bit last week but in preparation for November we have shorn our faces of all of their all of its hair we're just completely. And maybe that might be a reason why uh, you might have a bit of a cold. That might be why you're under the weather. You're not used to it. But uh, <laughs> for me, I'm usually bearded. So I have that layer of protection of hair that keeps my, you know, just everything nice and warm, nice insulation. But now it's gone. So I, I don't know what to do. Um, but we are going to be uh, like two Ron Swansons by the end of the month. We're going to have some nice mustache, mustaches. Going to be rocking those deep into, uh, into November. And uh, it's for a great cause that we're, we're going to detail a little bit more in the third segment. But uh, yes, it's been uh, it's been quite a couple of days. Uh, quite a uh, yeah. Now it's a blank slate, and and we mm-hmm. can um, we can we can 
you know, look at the different design. I, there was a, a Nate Thompson reveal <laughs> at, <laughs> at the skate. He uh, now you might want to go that route uh, with. Uh, I don't know if you call that a complete handlebar or or what he's but, going yeah. for there, but yeah. Uh, but it's as you say, it's all for a wonderful cause. We've got a great Movember team uh, assembled uh, at members from the the Rocket Sports team who have stepped up. It's our sixth year and. And uh, we'll tell you how you can get involved uh, a little bit later in the show. Yes, absolutely. We will uh, detail all of those, all of that in uh, the third segment. But uh, before we get there, uh, we do have a question of the week that I think is very appropriate, considering that last week when we sat here, the Canadians were coming off a one and two week, which they followed with a three and oh week. We're going to dive into the games a little bit more in depth in just a minute. But Rick, um, I guess it's it's only fair to turn this over to you because you've come up with this question, and I think it is very, very appropriate for what we've been going through just up until this, this moment in time. Well, this question, week's question of the week is very simple, and it's um, simply asked, do you enjoy roller coasters? <laughs> um, and you can take this any way you wish. Um, you know, um, personally, I'm not a, a big fan of am- amusement rides, uh, but... Yeah. In the context of the Montreal Canadiens, uh, we've seen the way the, the, the starts and stops, the ups and downs, the uh, yes, this is a playoff team. No, this is definitely not a playoff <laughs> team. Um, and, and I expect, um, you know, it's early yet, but I expect this season is going to be a roller coaster for um, Montreal Canadiens fans. And are you strapped in? Are you ready for it? Are you going to enjoy it? Um, <laughs> And uh, we want to hear from you as far as if you're a fan of roller coasters and, and you can chime on, uh, chime in on whether you expect that uh, this is the season that Canadians fans are going to uh, experience. Yeah. And I think that this is uh it's, it's gotten off to a, an interesting start for the Canadians, but they've, they've looked a little bit better in recent times. And, and we'll detail that uh, just right now because the Canadians started last week uh, with a 5-2 to two win over the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, taking advantage of the Leafs on the second night of a back-to-back for the second time this season. That doesn't take away from the fact that they look good, but it's just of note to say that the, that the Leafs have been on the second night of a back-to-back in both the games that the Canadians have played against them. Um, and Michael Hutchinson in between the pipes. So that, that seems of note. Uh, but then they head out on the road and head out west, uh, playing at some on godly hours for, for me in Newfoundland <laughs> about 1130. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Brendan Gallagher got the Canadians off and running in a four, one victory over the Arizona coyotes. And that was a, that was a great game. And Nick cousins scoring against his former team. He seemed a little bit, uh, a little bit jacked about that. He seemed pretty excited. And then to uh, cap off their, uh, their week or the three games that they played, they uh, went up against the Vegas Golden Knights. This time, they were on the second night of a back-to-back, and it was a it was a bit of an interesting one. They uh, they scratched, they clawed. It was the second night of a back-to-back, as I mentioned, so maybe a little bit tired. But Brendan Gallagher scored and tied it up late. They got a couple of lucky bounces along the way. That that much is is definitely uh, of note because you had the Bre- uh, the Brendan Gallagher goal, which kind of bounced and trickled in and then you had the uh, Jonathan Drouin one earlier which Braden McNabb just he was trying to get it off the goal line and he inadvertently put it in his own net so they had a little bit of help but they got out of there with the two points 
Domi with the OT winner off a sweet pass from Jeff Petrie, who continues to uh, be solid for the Montreal Canadiens. Just overall, a pretty good week for the Canadiens. Um, 3-0, and that you can't complain about that. Can't complain at all. And, um, you know, that uh, I... I I, th- I think that uh, those who have been uh, expecting more out of Carey Price, uh, he certainly delivered this week. He was great in, against the, the Leafs. Um, and also, you had uh, Joel Armia um, yes. c- turning yeah. the game around uh, the way he stole the puck and, and uh, uh, just score the winning goal but but it was also the way it sent uh, set the tempo and and kind of offset that late period goal uh in the first period with muzzin scoring just 16 seconds left and um it's funny because after uh claude julian said that was the after the penalty kill that was the next thing on his list to fix those uh, those late goals and and then they yeah. went on to uh to score um in the in in each of the first minute of or so of of uh, the goals the game against the Coyotes and uh, Carey Price was great again uh, in that game um, and then as you said uh, you know I thought of Michelle Terry in, in the uh, during the Vegas game because he would uh, typically come out and he said would say that they didn't get the the bounces or they didn't get yeah. the, you know <laughs> uh but the canadians how many did they get you mentioned uh, a couple of them there was also thomas tatar's goal uh, off his chest yeah um, it it was <laughs> and uh, keith kincaid was a bit of an adventure but um it was it was uh uh a, a game that you know was was certainly uh the hockey gods were on the side of, of the Canadians that night. And as you said, yeah. um, all in all, uh, when you look at it, uh, uh, a very successful week for the Montreal Canadiens heading into this game in Dallas uh, later tonight. And as, as Brendan Gallagher noted just about a, an hour or so ago, they've, they've had a good trip. They want to make it a great one when they go into Dallas tonight. And uh, you mentioned about the late goals as well, because, yeah, like that was you mentioned uh, the Toronto game and we were just coming off that San Jose one where in the last minute of the first period, they give up that goal there and and they completely took the wind out of their sails. So, yeah, that is a bit of a concern, but largely not many concerns coming out of the three games that the Montreal Canadiens have played since we last spoke. So um, it's certainly going to be a fun one. Tonight, hopefully they wrap up that trip in, in a good way and come back home and and uh, see what happens from there. This is going to be a very friendly month for the Montreal Canadiens, by the way. November, they have nine home games this year, just to four games on the road, I believe. So this is going to be a, a month that Montreal might want to take advantage of that. Um, and so moving on, because there was some news, a recent development in the story surrounding Nikita Sherback that you and Amy Johnson touched on in the latest episode of From the Press Box, which you guys did a phenomenal job of sort of dispelling some rumor and innuendo that surrounded Nikita Sherback in his time spent in North America. Um, But now there's been a development over in Russia. Yeah, it's um, and and I'd I'd, uh, if uh, you're interested in the the um the the insider story the uh, the background of this um uh, you should go to uh listen the, to the last episode of from the press box yeah. uh you can find that 
um, on um, on any of your pro- podcast platforms, and we'll we'll uh, we'll specify those at the end. Uh, but there's so much so much nonsense out there about uh, Nikita Sherback, and and uh, we just wanted to set the record straight. Uh, this comes from you know talking with with Sherback himself, talking with members of uh, the Canadians, uh, their management. Uh, this comes from um, scouting reports uh, from other teams. This comes from uh, a, a lot of information put together that uh, you're not seeing on the, the um, uh, mainstream media. So people on Twitter, um, you know, people on Twitter who who don't necessarily <laughs> follow the AHL or, or uh, things very closely are allowed to sit back and and um, you know, kind of mindlessly speculate about what's going on, and talk about oh his attitude or his work ethic or his what he has worked on, what he hasn't worked on, and it's it's silly, it's dribble, it's nonsense. Um, um, I guess what we're glad to you know we travel a lot of miles, and and you mentioned it at the at the beginning, and uh, and uh, do a lot of research and have a lot of contacts, and and. Uh, I guess uh, I just wonder, you know, where's the intellectual curiosity of others? Um, rather, I, I don't know why they'd rather remain blissfully ignorant rather than um, yeah. uh, seeking the truth of this. Um, but for Sherback, um, uh, safe to say, and the, the reasons can be uh, heard in the From the Press Box uh, um, uh, podcast uh he didn't get a, a a fair shake and that's that's an enormous understatement in montreal yeah uh and that that um well was poisoned when he went to uh los angeles and uh unfortunately that affected uh his kind of love for the game his goal his ambitions um and and i think it's fair to say that he gave up on his uh season uh once he was uh, sent to the ontario reign um, last year and that led him to say that uh, let the Kings know that he wouldn't be back and they didn't give him a qualifying offer um, he received he got uh, calls from Bob Hartley uh, who's coaching in the uh, KHL for Avangard uh, he got calls from uh, Alexei Emelin and they reached out and said listen we'd, we'd love to have you here uh, there's a lot of talent and, and we really uh, would like to have you on the team um, and so he signed a rather lucrative three-year contract in the KHL and headed there this year. Um, I think he's, he's still uh, hurting. He's still bitter. He's still looking at uh, the situation in North America and his experience in the NHL and, and uh, doesn't understand how it all turned out the way it, it did, that uh, he still feels that, that it's unfair and, and, uh, in doing so has kind of, uh, I don't think he's, he's had the right focus uh, for his season this year. Um, so in um, 16 games, he has six points um, for Avangard and um, they made the announcement this week that they were putting him on waivers. And of course that's everybody, um, you know, jumped all over that and, Oh, he's, he's being um, uh, uh, cut from his third team and, and, blah, 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 <laughs> about Nikita Sherback. Yeah. It's not the case at all. Uh, Avangard, um, they, they put him on waivers with the idea that um, uh, he could go to their affiliate, work on his confidence, work on his focus, 
Um, I've, I've spent uh, a good portion of this week uh, communicating with a colleague in Russia who covers the KHL on a, a full-time basis um, and um, uh, has been very helpful in understanding the Russian side of this and has also uh, posed some questions for us to Bob Hartley. And um, from Hartley's uh, interview and, and from his perspective, he said, you know, there's no, there's, there's no misconduct, there's nothing, there's no attitude problems, there's nothing bad going on here. It's simply that he's not meeting our expectations and, uh, for a top six player. Um, and um, Hartley and the club don't see any value uh, to putting a player with Sherbach's talent in the bottom six role. Now, that's, that's yeah. a different kind of perspective than than we have in North America, so maybe it's hard to understand. But um, you know, the, the expectations are high. Expectations are high based on his talent, also based on this contract, the value, and the and the three year. Um, so the team is getting and and management and the coach are getting pressure from fans and also from the party, uh, if you understand my meaning here. Yeah. Um, so the, they they decided to to place them on waivers and send them to the VHL. That's the second tier team in in Russia. Um, it's Hockey Club Ugra, who used to be a KHL team up until 2018. Now they're the affiliate for Avangard. And w- w- with him in the the VHL, he would have received the same uh, salary and and all of that. Um, so uh, Sherbeck and his agent, Ser- Sergei Azikov, um, uh, sat down and, and thought about it and they decided, okay, let's, let's, instead of going there, let's uh, pursue other opportunities. Now uh, the club was bound to, to um, the terms of his contract, but the, the agent went and, and uh, met with uh, Maxim Sushinsky, who's the, president of Avangard and they worked out a deal um, so that um, it's an arrangement to mutually terminate Sherbach's three-year contract without compensation uh, so that he could go on and pursue other, other arrangements. And there's a, there's a, Avangard put out a, a, a nice press, uh, press release uh, to say that they had terminated uh, his contract um, that they came to the, in the press conference and said, we came to the conclusion. It makes no sense to keep a player. If he does not get into the top six, uh, we're not going to place him on the third or fourth line. Sherback is a young, talented forward. We need to give him the opportunity to realize his potential with another club. We thank Nikita for his professional work and we wish him very good luck in his future career. Um, so uh, yeah, there's there's no malice here. There's no you know, uh, all of the, the the rumors that are circulating are are a bit silly, um, and and uh, currently um, uh, Sherback and his agent are fielding uh, offers. Uh, what we know now is that he's had offers from two KHL clubs and one Swiss club, and they're uh, pondering those over and and to decide. Where, what his next step will be. Um, those are facts. <laughs> that's not, there's no speculation in there. There's no, yeah. uh, and that's, um, I think, I think that's called journalism, but, 
I think you're right. Uh, anyway, uh, so so um, you know the, the Canadians, for their part, um, uh, it's it it's we get a bit. Uh, you know, we talk about this stuff because it's important because we don't like to see the Canadians and the way um, uh, they fail with respect to transitioning their prospects to the NHL. Um, you know, uh, they Canadians are very powerful. Uh, they wield a lot of power and, and that power yeah. can either be for good or evil. And we've seen them move mountains for prospects like uh, Louis LeBlanc. Uh, we've seen uh, McGill turn over, you know, every regulation and every prerequisite to to uh, put the red carpet out for Louis LeBlanc. And we've seen that they can do the opposite for prospects that um, for whatever reason, um, uh, they they uh, don't want to do that for. So uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out for uh, Sherback and uh, hopefully he gets his focus back and. Uh, uh, can realize some of his potential wherever he ends up uh, with another club in the KHL or the Swiss League. Yeah, and, and like I said, uh, you and you along with Amy Johnson on from the press box, the most recent episode at about the hour mark of that episode, go in depth and in detail and talk about this. And I just wanted to add a couple of things because it's often in sports you hear about teams that have great environments for young players that are incredibly uh, good at integrating those young players and providing them the opportunity to grow and to play. And more often than not, it isn't on the prospect himself to make himself an NHL player. It's, it's on the team. And this is across sports. This isn't just the NHL. It's often, that's the way that you, you hear about things is that, well, listen, if a guy goes to a losing team, he develops losing habits and it's hard for him to develop after that. So going to a winning team and a winning environment that has a lot of good guys, that has a good system, that has good coaches, good executives, all of those things, and creates this atmosphere of winning and uh, just a really good culture all around, those are the teams that develop prospects and have the ability to plug and play prospects like Tampa Bay does, like Toronto does sometimes not to the degree of Tampa Bay, but they do it as well. So the thing is, is that you don't often hear from teams that don't have those environments. You don't hear fans saying, well, listen, you know what? We don't have the best environment for developing young players. So we're just going to blame the player because that's convenient. That's the easy thing to do. You don't hear that. You don't hear people say that a certain team doesn't, isn't good enough when it comes to that. They'll just instantly go for the player. And that's what happened with Nikita Sherback. He was the guy that everyone wanted to pile on and blame for what happened. And you know what? Sometimes that's just not fair because he's not, he has no control over what happens. He just needs to go and he just wants to play. And he didn't get the opportunity to do that. Uh, the uh, most recent time that we saw him in a Canadians uh, or as a part of a Montre the Montreal Canadiens roster. You know, so, I mean, you look at the trajectory that he was on from junior hockey, 78 points in 65 games in 13-14, 82 and 14-15, his AHL sophomore season, 41 points in 66 games. Then that next season, 17-18, had 30 points in 26 games in the AHL. And no player was more dominant. No player was more dominant at the beginning of the season than Nikita Sherbach in the AHL. You're you're absolutely right on that. And then, so what happened when he got called up to an injury-riddled 
Montreal Canadiens team that wasn't a great environment for someone to be in to develop as a player? Well, he only put up six points in the 26 games that he played in the 17-18 season. And as you pointed out on from the press box, he's playing with guys like Logan Shaw. It was, it was hard for him to, to really grow in that environment. But that's not what you would hear from fans. It was, well, you know what? He's not making the most of his opportunity. But you look at the trajectory that he was on year to year. If he was given a game, which let's remember, he was not given a single regular season game in 18, well, at the beginning of last season, it was just 2018, really, <laughs> not 2019. He wasn't there then, but he wasn't given a single game to see if he could provide something that someone else, you know, wasn't doing like a Matthew Pekka. He wasn't given a game over that guy last year just to see if he was somewhere, if he had developed at all and if he could provide something. He wasn't, he wasn't given that opportunity. So, it, you know, it's just unfortunate. It's, it's an unfortunate circumstance and, you know, a lot of people, a lot of Habs fans are, you know, saying, well, listen, we were right. As you guys pointed out, people were quick to say that they were right about Nikita Sherback not being an NHL talent. And, you know, Renault Lavoie saying that he wasn't even sure if he was an AHL talent, even though, as we just noted, he was the most dominant player to start the 17-18 season in the AHL. But regardless, I think at this point, you just hope that a guy, a 23-year-old Nikita Sherback, guy is only 23, just finds a level of, of happiness in life because that's really, I mean, at this point he's, you know, he's had to deal with a lot as, as you pointed out on from the press box. So you just hope that, that, that he just finds happiness in whatever he does, wherever he goes, because it's just, it's just an unfortunate situation. And you have people on Twitter that are celebrating this. Like it's, it's this yeah. great thing that happened. It, it's just unfortunate. So moving on to some lighter news, I guess, unless you are bitterly resentful. I don't know. So but going back to 2006, because there was a funny story. Well, it's kind of a funny story. I don't know if Zach Koivu was laughing about it. <laughs> but it's funny in, now. It's funny now. So he's probably laughing about it. But at the time, maybe not. So Elliot Friedman in his 31 Thoughts article. Uh, so there was the, the radio, uh, the outstanding instigators radio show as Elliot Friedman puts it with Andrew Peters, Craig Reve and Brian Gianta, the two former Montreal Canadiens. So if you remember back to the 2006 Stanley cup playoffs, you remember Zach Koivu's eye injury. That was the one that we knew about. And it was, you know, this just uh, gruesome accidental high stick from Justin Williams. And uh, so they led in that series to nothing. And then that high stick happened. Um, so we were aware of this injury, that eye injury, but there was also another one. <laughs> and as Reve details, we sprinted down the hall, met at the bathroom at the same time, obviously because Zach was quicker, he beat me there. But I always had to have the last laugh, so I blew him up into the back of the toilet bowl. Water started pouring out of the toilet because we completely obliterated it. Water was flooding our room. He's yelling at me, call the trainer, call the trainer. He walks down the hall to grab his phone, and all of a sudden, I was gasping because there was blood all down his back, all down his butt, and you couldn't even see his butt. And he was naked, by the way. So that's what Reve puts in there. <laughs> I wipe him down with a white towel, which is even worse, right? And so uh, just to see where the blood was coming from, there was a gaping open wound coming out of his back. And it was the most disgusting thing. It was humongous how deep it was. And so... It goes on to say that he couldn't touch his toes, but he was able to play. I don't know how he 
how he did it. And then to end it all, it was the simple question posed by Friedman in the article. How did the coaches not strangle Reve? He says, <laughs> because I think we told them he slipped on the floor. So, yeah, not, uh, not Craig Reve's best work. Um, so I'll turn it over to you. <laughs> well, uh, what do you think of that? You know, we should make a list of lost Stanley Cups in the past 20 odd years um, for the Canadians. And, and certainly, yeah. you know, the one that's always talked about is the series against the Rangers and, and yeah. uh, Kreider and, and putting Carey out of the series. And, and that changed the, the Canadians playoff tra- trajectory uh, then. And, and uh, going back to 2006 and the other thing is, Oh, we can't put, um, Saku Koivu's jersey in the rafters because he doesn't have a Stanley Cup. And I know that's a pet peeve of yours. That's yeah. a topic for another day. Yeah. Uh, which you wrote an article about. Um, I did. But um, a Saku Koivu, could he have won a, a, a Stanley Cup that year? And, and, and the Hurricanes were the eventual Stan, Stanley Cup winner. The Canadians had a 2-0 uh, they were up 2-0 on them. Uh, Koibu was playing great. Um, he had the eye injury, but he also had this other pretty significant yeah. injury with with uh, some gash in his back. Uh, as you said, couldn't couldn't uh, touch his toes, but got on the ice anyway. In the Warrior spirit, the spirit uh, certainly that that Koibu was. Uh, but what a story that's that yeah. that's remained hidden for 13 years. <laughs> and finally comes out on a on a radio show with Gianta and Reve. And Reve, you know, the the greatest gift uh, that Reve ever gave uh, the the Canadians was when he was traded, and that delivered yeah. Josh Georges and Max Pacioretty um, to Montreal. <laughs> but if it's if uh, you know his his legacy may have turned into uh, he was the one that that body checked Saku Koivu obliterated a toilet and caused an injury yeah. that, that outcome of that series. Incredible story. Yeah. And I mean, listen, if, I think the best way to look at that is, as you mentioned, Saku Koivu was just incredibly resilient and courageous. My God, the fact that he played in that series after that happened, in addition to the, the eye and my God, like he was, he was insane. Uh, just insanely courageous, uh, man and and certainly that is a, a story that backs up that he is as about resilient about as resilient as as they come so uh, rather than be bitter about Craig Reve I think that might be the uh, the best way to go is to well you know what Zach Koivu is is really resilient and amazing so um <laughs> moving on because you mentioned Carey Price and the injury that he sustained in 2014 that kind of derailed the Montreal Canadiens chances of winning a Stanley Cup um, <laughs> so he was, it was a former Ranger, a Ranger that was on that team, Derek Stepan, who was now an Arizona Coyote and he was hauled down, kind of taken down. He might've just lost his balance. It's, it's, you know, it's really hard to tell. But anyways, as he was falling, his skate came and hit Kerry Price in the side of the mask. And, 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 uh, you know, Pierre Lebrun posed the question, well, how is this not uh, warranting a, uh, concussion protocol that Carey Price be looked at because he did clutch he's kind of grabbed his head a little bit so uh this kind of uh, posed the question about the concussion protocol as it pertains to goaltenders because as Darren Dreger pointed out similar thing happened to Craig Anderson against the Minnesota Wild earlier this season it's 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 such a difficult 
area. And uh, yeah. LeBron talked about it. Mike Johnson talked about it on the broadcast that, that the concussion spotters should be um, uh, brought, you know, uh, should have uh, uh, brought Kerry out of the game. Um, and the, the difficult and, and um, uh, uh, LeBron went on to contact uh, Pierre, uh, 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 Bill Daly uh, in the NHL office, deputy, deputy commissioner. And, and he went through everything. And um, at the end of the day, uh, uh, LeBron said, okay, um, the league did what they were supposed to do. Uh, the Canadians did what they were supposed to do. They checked on uh, Kerry during a break. Um, and it, it kind of looked um, accidental. And, and, you know, people are talking about that Kerry kind of was uh, unbalanced afterwards, whether it was or it wasn't. It was only momentary because he went on to play very well. Um, yeah. But the Canadians, the Canadians' history with this is not very good. Uh, and we know that with respect to Noah Juleson. We know that res- with respect to uh, Ryan Paling. And we know that with respect to uh, Carey Price himself. Um, and we go back to, to February of 2018, um, a game against the Flyers where Price took a, a, just a bullet off the mask um, from Gosses Beer. And, and um, he stayed in the game. He, he looked shaken, and, and, but he stayed in the game, played well, finished the game. And after the game, um, Claude Julien said, gee, I don't know. I don't know what the injury is. I don't know if there is an injury. He'll be evaluated tomorrow. Uh, but I can tell you one thing. He did not suffer a concussion and he was that definitive. Yeah. Um, and of course, um, the, the next day he was diagnosed with a concussion and he was out for a month. Um, so these things, um, you know, are, are very difficult. And, and with the Canadians sketchy history, uh, it causes this kind of uh, discussion and debate on, on, and it's, you know, I, I will maintain that it's different uh, taking a, pulling a goal, a spotter pulling a goaltender from a game than it is pulling a, a player uh, for obvious reasons. And uh, so it sounds like all the rules were, were followed. Um, but yeah. It's going to be one of those issues where there's going to be, back and forth until uh, we find a place where, where, and, and really the protection of the player is, is paramount of course, and their career. Uh, But this is going to be a a subject that's going to be under discussion for a while. And and it should be with all that we know about uh, concussions now, CTE, all those things. So, you know, certainly want to check all the boxes, dot all the I's, cross all the T's when it comes to the, you know, the, the, concussions and all that stuff and just the overall well-being of your franchise player definitely want to be thorough with that um speaking of of health and uh the montreal Canadiens, uh they're expected to ice the same lineup that they did against the vegas golden knights that from uh, dan robertson of tsn and so yesperi katkaniemi uh was not in the lineup against vegas he has got a, a groin injury that'll that's suspected keep him out just day to day hopefully nothing too serious but certainly um a little bit of a hit for the canadians with their young uh, finnish centerman um yeah and and you know there's been talk that kakinyemi um uh, hasn't had a good season whether this is a lingering injury whether it's uh played any role in uh his uh his production so far we, we should say that that um uh, 
you know, he he was one. It was one of those questions uh, that we it, it examined at the beginning of the season whether he would ever score on the road. He's got two goals. <laughs> well, his both of his goals uh, were scored on the road, uh, so he uh, um, you know achieved that milestone. But um, he has been underperforming, and and what's the reason is the is uh, is the injury part of it. We we just don't know. So we we hope that. Uh, he gets back to 100% before he's yeah. uh, uh, in the lineup because they'll be um, he'll be scrutinized rather heavily, I think, from here on in. And uh, important thing to note is that it's going to be the same or expected to be the same lineup except for in goal. So you're going to have Carey Price between the pipes, except for uh, Keith Kincaid uh, in place of Keith Kincaid. Um, so we're going to take a quick break here on the Canadians Connection podcast, and when we come back, we're going to discuss uh, a little some some winners and losers of the week, uh, and and give some congratulations to a guy who played his 500th game uh, this past week. So stay tuned. We're going to get to all that after a quick break. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at JoeWayla19. You can follow Rick at All Habs. And you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And, of course, visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. So, Rick, we'll dive in with a, a little bit of uh, winners and losers, kind of. <laughs> it's, it, we're going to discuss some things of, uh, from this past week and, and see uh, where we head with, with all of it. But I just wanted to start. And I mentioned him in the recap of the week, and that was Brendan Gallagher. And he played his 500th game this week against the Arizona Coyotes. 
And he scored the opening goal in that game. It was about 22 seconds in. And then the opening goal against Toronto last week against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, And then he scored the game tying goal against the Vegas Golden Knights. So those are big goals that he scored this week. They were the ones that got the Canadians out and running in two cases. And then the third one, he was the guy that he had a, a pretty fortuitous bounce. I think we've, we've already discussed that, but he was the guy that got the Canadians into overtime so that Jeff Petrie could set up Max Domi for that game winner, game winning goal. Um, and so anyways, I was thinking about it because, you know, he reached his 500th game. That's a tremendous accomplishment for Brendan Gallagher. And, you know, I thought back to episode 48 that we did here of the Canadians Connection podcast, just about what, six or so, probably what, eight weeks ago now, this is episode 56. Mm-hmm. And anyways, so we asked the question of the week, who is untouchable? And if you remember, there were, there were people that, that said, well, you know what? I think that maybe this could be Brendan Gallagher's last season as a Montreal Canadian. I think that they should at least listen to some offers on Brendan Gallagher. And you know what? That's, that was a valid point at the time. It seemed like it might have been something that they should consider. because, And as you pointed out when I was like, why, why are people suggesting that they trade Brendan Gallagher? And, and of course, this came in and around the time that Mark Bergevin kind of mentioned his leadership group and notable by his absence in that statement was Brendan Gallagher. He wasn't a part of the leadership group, even though he wears an A on his sweater. It just seemed a little bit weird. And so and we got to talking about it in one of the breaks and you pointed out, well, I mean, listen, he's got the $3.75 million deal, that annual average value, and that expires after next season. And I mean, that is a glorious contract. If there's anything that, that, Mark Bergevin has absolutely hit out of the park in terms of contract or trade. The Brendan Gallagher contract should be in the top three easily. That is a great value for, for that contract. And, you know, so I was, I was okay. Well, listen, okay. Yeah, that's a good point. You might not want to pay him what six or 7 million or whatever the number might be. It seems like 7 million is about the going rate for a guy that can do a little bit for you offensively. I don't want to point any fingers, but uh, Kevin Hayes, um, but um, you know, so, (laughs) so Brendan Gallagher is a perennial 30 goal scorer. He's a guy that brings an element to the Canadians that, that no one else really does a whole lot. I mean, you look at the guy, he's an absolute possession monster. His lines have always been some of the Canadians best. And I mean, you look right now with Tatar and Deneau, they are, you know, I, I think that Brendan Gallagher is one of the top five in terms of Corsi, or at least in terms of overall, uh, you know, time that the Canadians are in the attacking zone. Brendan Gallagher is always one of the leaders in that regard, just because they are so, uh, he, he's such a great player down low and, and is, you know, able to win battles, protect the puck, do all of those things. And of course, he's got a bit of a goal scorer's touch, having scored, you know, 33 goals, 32 goals the last two seasons. So he's a guy that is able to put the puck in the back of the net. And that's something that Montreal doesn't have. So, you know, I I'm now of the opinion with him now having 12 points in 13 games played that the Canadians should absolutely get this guy back. If you know, when, when that time comes, I don't know when it'll be. I don't know. I know that people are focused on Max Domi now because he's an RFA after this season, but Brendan Gallagher, I think we, we often talk about Price and Weber on this podcast because 
they get a lot of they get some criticism. They get a lot of criticism, and they don't deserve it. And it's justifiable that we spend the time that we do to dispel those you know those myths about you know Shea Weber being no longer being a number one defenseman or no longer being a guy that you can throw out there for twenty five odd minutes a night. And then of course people that go after Carey Price because he's getting paid what he's getting paid, and he's not you know, producing all that stuff. We, we do a a job of that to just dispel those myths. And we also want to give guys like our tree and Yol Armia, uh, give them some credit because they also get a lot of criticism, at least last year when they didn't really deserve much. They didn't really deserve any really. They were just kind of the scapegoats, but Brendan Gallagher is kind of in the middle there because he's not that elite that he's in the conversation with Carey Price and Shea Weber but he's not underrated either. So there's no real reason to talk about him a whole lot because he's just steady as, you know, he's just, he's just there. He's just consistent. He does his job. Most nights he is a very, very good player. And then you don't really hear a whole lot of, you know, for, for a negative, uh, you know, assessment of Brendan Gallagher. It just doesn't really need to happen because you know that you're going to get most nights, a very, very good effort from Brendan Gallagher. So, that's why I think that right now, with him having 12 points in 13 games, seven goals, and the kinds of goals that he's scoring, the ones that either get Montreal off and running or get them back into games, I think that maybe it's time that we start to group him with guys like Shea Weber and guys like Carey Price. because he, And he might not have that same impact, but when you talk about guys that are leading the charge for the Montreal Canadiens in all three areas, you're talking about goaltending, defense. I think Brendan Gallagher is the guy that's leading the charge offensively for this team. And I think that he will continue to do that. And that's why I think if you have to extend him to a deal where he's making $7 million, I'm fine with that because I mean, right about now, anybody who's worth anything is getting $7 million. And I know that we talk about the cap management, Mark Bergevin, not exactly a great math guy or great at managing the cap, but you can find money in, in other areas to get this guy paid because I think he's, I think he deserves it. 500 games, the type of production that he's put up, he's just been a reliable presence in the Montreal Canadiens lineup. And right now, I think if he continues to do what he's been doing, it's going to be hard to argue that, that Brendan Gallagher, you know, isn't a top three player on this team right up there with Shea Weber and Carey Price. I think you're right, and 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 um, you know, coming into this season, well, let's just say since the seasons began, uh, Brendan Gallagher showed me something quite different uh, than we've seen in the past, and and he's driven. Uh, he's he's always been been you know the guy guy that goes to the net and, yeah. and uh, all of that, but um, he's he's taking a, a more and more of a leadership role on the team, as you said, and has taken his place uh, alongside uh, the Webers and prices and, and whatnot. And, and I think uh, what impressed me is uh, Brendan Gallagher didn't have a great start to the season. Uh, he wasn't very happy with himself. Um, yeah. He wasn't very happy with his line or, or, or his line mates and, and those guys, it wasn't a coaching thing. It wasn't a, uh, they, they went and independently um, looked at video as when they, how they were able to be effective last season. Um, and they, they fixed some things. 
and they they uh, each of them had uh, bore some responsibility. And Dano hasn't had a very good season um, uh, so far uh, on the on the defensive side of the game. Uh, he's been okay uh, offensive, and Tatar has been. Uh, you know, uh, found himself taking too many penalties. So they got together and they kind of said, okay, enough is enough um, and have turned things around. And, and Brendan Gallagher, uh, one of the, the, yes, you, you mentioned uh, the number of points he has 12 points, but um, he's shooting. Uh, he seems to, to me, he seems to be shooting more. And when you look at uh, yeah. the, the Canadian stats, he leads by far and away. He has 50 shots on goal. And that's that no one else is close on the team. Look in the league. Brendan Gallagher is top 10 in shots. Now that, that, that surprised me that he's with the, the dry sidles and, and Skinner's and, and <laughs> uh, uh, Kyle Connor and, and McKinnon and that he's in that conversation. Um, now, you know, there may not be the points production, but, but he's shooting the puck and his, his um, shot percentage is very good at 14% right now. If he can yeah. continue that, um, uh, he's, he's going to set uh, his own personal, uh, his own career. He's going to have a career season. Uh, so I, I think, um, I think you're right that, that something has, he's, he's more mature. He's, He's really uh, taken his place as a, as a leader on the team and, and would be one of those guys that is, has moved into the uh, untouchable category as the season has begun. Yeah, and obviously lots of time, so maybe a little bit premature on my end to talk about some, some contract, uh, the, the touch on that side of it. But I mean, yeah, I mean, early on in this season, he's been very, very good. So, Rick... Moving on to, yeah, and as you mentioned off the top, you've been on the road. So you were looking at a, a couple of Canadians' prospects, seeing how they've progressed. Of course, we know about Cole Caulfield. We've talked about him every week <laughs> on this podcast. But there's, there's also some other ones that you can't forget about, including uh, Jack Gorniak. Absolutely. Um, and and there's, there's a great deal of interest about Cole Caulfield, and, and, and rightly so. And, and so that we've had a weekly update um, and, you know, I've watched every one of, of his games this season and, and, uh, uh, but it was time to update, uh, update our, our, our profile and, and, uh, so made the trek, um, to watch him at, at Penn state and, and, uh, play when the, the two game series against Penn state. And, uh, I mean, Cole Caulfield is, uh, as advertised, um, yeah. You know he's he he's not the guy that carries the puck up the ice. Um, he's 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 we're we're not going to be talking about his slick zone entries. Um, we're, we're you know he's not necessarily a playmaker. The puck doesn't stay on his stick very long. Um, he doesn't kill penalties. Doesn't have a defensive game to speak of. <laughs> um, he does one thing, and he does it extremely well. Um, he scores goals and, and yep. right now he is, he is leading the nation uh, in the NCAA uh, in terms of, of goal scoring um, with eight goals um, in eight games, uh, eight goals and, and three assists for <laughs> 11 points. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's not, he doesn't have the hardest shot. 
Um, but he has a shot that's, that's very hard to read. Um, and it's exceptionally accurate. Um, and he's, 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 um, you know, I think, I think we see on social media, Oh, he's the steal of the draft. He's just, we don't, we don't know that yet. We we don't no. know how his game's going to evolve. Uh, and, and we have to remember that at the draft, Scouts were very, very split on him. Half the scouts saw him as a, uh, um, a second round pick. Um, half saw him as a first, uh, the Canadians had, had Cole Caulfield in, in, uh, their top 10, um, of, of their own ranking system. Uh, and, and were you know, pleased when he was available. There was another one. Peyton Krebs was also available um, at, uh, at that point, uh, that was again, top 10 in the, on the Canadians list. And, and for Krebs, it was, you know, uh, he had that, that Achilles, uh, injury, he's still re- rehabbing that, that had surgery. Uh, he hasn't played yet for, he's a captain of, of the Winnipeg ice in the WHL, but he hasn't played yet this season, although he was selected, um, for, to, for team WHL, um, for the Canada Russia series. And, and of course he was taken two picks after um, the Canadians by the uh, Vegas golden Knights, but um, Cole Caulfield enjoys scoring goals. And uh, <laughs> you can see it that, that, um, you know, when a penalty is called on the opposition, um, uh, Cole Caulfield has one leg over the boards. Um, yeah. <laughs> he knows he's going to be on the power play. Um, Wisconsin has two waves of a power play. Uh, Cole Caulfield plays 145 I, by my watch <laughs> on average. Uh, he's playing 145 of that power play. Uh, and he plays it on his opposite wing. Um, and so that, uh, you know, he gets that, uh, he gets that shot. Um, and he, uh, he, he's very good at making himself um, kind of invisible and, uh, and finding those uh, great goal scoring areas. Uh, yeah. we, we had a really good talk with Cole uh, and he was, uh, uh, he was gracious to spend some time with us. We had a good talk with Tony Granado, uh, the coach. Um, and, and as you mentioned, um, you know, Cole Caulfield is, uh, again, again, these, these descriptions about, uh, a, a steal. He's surrounded by some good players and particularly yeah. on his line, um, he made mention of the fact that uh, there's not much of a come down after playing with Jack Hughes. Uh, now his center is Alex Turcott taking number five overall uh, at last year's draft by Los Angeles. Alex Turcott is a very talented player. Uh, also on that second line uh, where Caulfield plays is Linus Weisbach and, and he's uh, a seventh round pick by Buffalo, but he's dynamic. He's speedy. He's the guy that carries the puck. He goes to the front of the net. Um, it's, it's, a uh, the line is, is very talented. Also, I mean, you have Dylan Holloway, um, which you saw last night, at, uh, 2020 draft eligible. He's going to be in, he's going to be taken in the, the top 10. He's, uh, fun to watch. Um, you have Keandre Miller, uh, another first round pick taken by the Rangers. He's a beast on defense. It's, yeah. It's, uh, Wisconsin have, uh, they're a very young team. Uh, but they have a lot of weapons and, and uh, uh, we're going to talk more about uh, what we saw on from the press box uh, coming up this Tuesday and also spend some time, as you mentioned 
on the other, uh, uh, unfortunately, often forgotten, but the other <laughs> Canadians prospect on the Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin Badgers, and that's Jack Gorniak. Um, and uh, I had a really nice conversation with, uh, with Jack. Um, he, he's not a, a high-end skill player. He had, he had very good offensive numbers, uh, West, High, West Salem High School, um, uh, when he was drafted. Uh, a fourth round pick by the Montreal Canadiens uh, last year in 2018. Um, I, I, I really like him. He, uh, he can skate. He's got good speed. He's just tenacious on the four check. Uh, apparently we were his good luck charm as he scored his <laughs> uh, uh, first goal of the season last night. Um, you know, he's just, he wins battles. He's, he's a second effort kind of guy. I, I like him a lot and, and we'll, We'll spend some time talking about him too, because uh, he deserves uh, some attention. But um, yeah, really, really enjoyed seeing uh, both par- prospects. Loved uh, the uh, opportunity to get to talk to them, uh, and it was uh, Penn State. Uh, let's not forget about them. We'll talk a bit about uh, them as well. Uh, they swept the series. They beat Wisconsin both games. Yeah. Um, Last night was was an excellent uh, playoff atmosphere type of game, and uh, with uh, so few games in the NCAA, every single game is important, as as Tony Granado pointed out afterwards. So, um, it's it's uh, it's a, a different brand of hockey, but it was great to see and and to catch up with with some of the prospects. Yeah, and as you mentioned, all those. Hockey, the the scouting report on Jack Gorniak also has a great hockey name. Let's not forget that. That's also <laughs> That's very right. vital and important information. <laughs> I've always appreciated that name. So I am, I'm rooting for him. <laughs> so, uh, Rick, quickly, because, you know, in, in a week like this where the Canadians win every game that they play, there's also, you know, there's not really a loser so much as there's just kind of a guy that maybe there's a little bit of a question mark around maybe some maybe time for for some concerns of the week and and is it time to worry about Keith Kincaid I know he's the backup goaltender so you're not expecting him to produce under the same level of goaltending as Carey Price but I mean it it hasn't been very good to date he did get his win against against Vegas won't take that away from him but I mean it's it's been kind of rocky it's been an adventure as you put it off the top well, it's certainly, you know, uh, Canadians down uh, 4-2 with seven minutes left or so. Um, yeah. And I had uh, people in my timeline saying, oh, look at that. Uh, Kincaid's going to go 0 for 3. Um, and uh, fortunately, uh, <laughs> I mean, that would have been a very different conversation after yeah. the game. Um, and fortunately, um, although, you know, Keith was the beneficiary here. Uh, I don't know what, how much of a role he played, uh, but the Canadians came back uh, with a, you know, a great comeback win, very exciting uh, win. And, um, and he got that, that uh, first win as a hab uh, to get the monkey off his back and also to give him a bit of confidence. But um you know, over those three games uh, that he started, um, 879 save percentage, 435 goals against. Um, and it's more so than the stats. It's just, um, I, I think we're seeing, 
you know, I, I was, people were, were quick to say he was a, a, a upgrade over Antiniemi and, and maybe at the end, the Antiniemi, but certainly not the beginning uh, of <laughs> uh, Antiniemi's uh, stint with the Canadians. Um, he's got some big holes and it's going to take some time for uh, Stefan Waite to work with him and, and fix those right now. And, and this has been his career. He's a goalie. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of good technique there. He's a goalie that guesses a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and so you'll see him give up and he's, you know, he's been giving up a, at least a couple or three uh, bad goals uh, a game. Uh, and you'll also see some circus-like saves as he guesses yeah. right. Um, so um, it's again, this is a roller coaster, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> but he was supposed to be brought in to bring some stability to that position. And you know, you 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 see uh, Canadians fans saying, "Well, why can't Carey Price play two back-to-back games?" Already early in the season, not yeah. having confidence in in that. Uh, backup. Um, and that's the situation um, that the Canadians were trying to avoid. And, and Keith Kincaid, you know, boldly promised that he would, he would start 30 games and take over that, uh, take some of that load uh, from Carey Price. And, and it, it hasn't started that way. So are we worried? Yes. Is it, is, you know, do we want to see how this is going to turn out? Sure. Um, but uh, signs are not, good so far yeah and i mean people that are asking carrie price at this point already to be playing back to backs i mean you remember back to last year it was like i think it was in january last year was the game against the florida panthers that was la- the last that we saw of Emmy when he just gave up I, I believe it was three goals on nine shots or something something like that and then we just didn't see him the rest of the way. And Carey Price wasn't taking part in practices. Like, are you asking for that already? That we put this workload <laughs> onto Carey Price at this point? It's November 2nd, and we're asking for that. Um, yeah, so so maybe if, if the Canadians can get something out of Keith Kincaid, that'd be, uh, that'd be appreciated. Uh, certainly, uh, we take the we take 25. 25, I'll take. <laughs> 25 <laughs> games that Carey Price can get a break. That'd be good. Um, so... Speaking of Carey Price, as I mentioned, he's probably going to uh, is expected to get the start tonight in uh, in Dallas after Keith Kincaid played uh, the second night of a back to back in Vegas. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to uh, discuss a quote from Carey Price that uh, that that we really like this week. So stick around. We'll be back after this. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. 
If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. We're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast. And as I mentioned, going to break, we have a great quote here from Kerry Price, who was asked about Brendan Gallagher's 500th game. And this comes from uh, Dan Robertson on uh, Twitter and uh, of TSN, obviously. And he says, I asked Kerry Price if he thinks Gallagher's shot has improved over the years, as it seems to me. And he says, yeah, for sure. Even just the last three years, his shots improved. He's extended his range from six inches. And he laughed as he said that. Um, <laughs> so Carey Price was coming in hot with <laughs> some heat for his teammate. But uh, yeah, certainly, I think, appreciative of the goals that he scored, not only just six inches in, but from everywhere over the past couple of years. So 50 shots that uh, that we mentioned, uh, all yeah. all from short range. Uh, but <laughs> But it it shows that uh, it shows that Carey Price, you know, has a you know a dry sense of humor. It shows how much yeah. he appreciates. <laughs> uh, he really appreciates Brendan Gallagher. It's a great quote. Yeah. A um, couple of quotes we might have uh, on from the press box, and that's the way that um, both Cole Caulfield and Jack Gorniak uh, both referenced Brendan Gallagher as players that they look up to. So again, supporting uh, what you said in the second segment, um, he is a leader, even to those players who who are not in the dressing room. Um, And that's important within uh, to have within your organization. For any team that wants to win, you need to have guys that from outside the organization, people will respect. And I mean, at this point, those are two guys that are outside at, at this point, they're probably going to be, or Cole Caulfield and, and perhaps Jack Gordiak, maybe Montreal Canadiens in a few years or in the system in a few years. But when you're looking at the guy who, like a, a Brendan Gallagher, he's got respect from from everyone in the league, even though they might despise it to play against him. He's got he's got respect from around the league, and and you need that. You need guys that are looked up to within your within your own organization. And, and Brendan Gallagher being a a smaller guy. I think that there are a lot of small players that would like to model themselves after a Brendan Gallagher. So, you know, it's, I think going back to what I said in the second segment, I think it's, it's really important that the Canadians consider uh, going and, and extending a guy like Gallagher to keep him around because he's a positive influence. Um, and Rick, so as we mentioned off the top of the show, we are both participating in November 
I am uh, going to attempt attempt to grow a mustache, and we'll see how that goes over the 30 days that I track my progress. But would you like to fill in the listeners on how they can uh, help out and, and join or what have you? Well, we were yeah, we remembered uh, at the, uh, we uh, spoke at the op- opening of the show how yeah. um, we've been involved in this for six years, and it's important um, uh, charity and and cause uh, that we're involved in, and it has to do yeah. with men's health, both, both mental health and, and physical health. And, and our team, um, we all feel kind of passionately about it. And we, we have uh, uh, quite a number of our rocket sports uh, contributors that are, uh, have uh, pledged to be involved. And, and it's, it's, um, it's not just one of the ways you can do that is, is to grow facial hair. Uh, if yeah. you're not able to, um, uh, <laughs> this, this is for both, you know, guys and gals, as they say on the Movember site, uh, there's a move challenge as well. If you just want to do uh, some activity, uh, pledge to do that every day of, of November. Um, or there's other ways to contribute. And, and some of our, our writers will be contributing articles and, and raising awareness uh, of the issue throughout the month. And, and uh, look forward to seeing those on allhabs.net. But if you want to help us, um, you can join our team. Uh, take the challenge, whether it's the move challenge, whether it's the facial hair challenge, help us raise money. Uh, and, uh, or you can, um, you can donate if you like, uh, every yeah. little bit helps. Um, and, uh, to do that, uh, we have a team page on, on the Movember site. Uh, it's mo team, M O team dot C O M O team dot C O slash all halves M O team dot co slash all habs and when you're there um if you want to join hit the join tab if you want to donate do that too and uh we we really need your help with this and and uh um throughout the month of of november uh we'll be mentioning it from time to time and and yeah uh, if you could help participate we'd really appreciate it and certainly as you mentioned a worthy cause is uh you know, just certainly uh, something to raise money for from men's health, mental, physical well-being, all that stuff. Definitely um, something to uh, to consider. And and as you mentioned, any bit counts. Anything at all. Um, so Rick, think of your think of your spouse, yeah. think of your friends, think of your dad, think of your brother, uh, and and um, and and uh, you know, we we need your help to uh, make sure that they're all well taken care of. Yeah, absolutely. And just uh, switching gears quickly. So as we mentioned, uh, the Montreal Canadiens, who are also, uh, as you mentioned, Nate Thompson off the top, participating in November as well. Those guys always, Shea Weber uh, shaved his beard, which is a staple of Shea Weber. He is op- not often without beard. So it's it's a little bit jarring to see him without one, even for a little while. But uh, those guys are in Dallas, and they're going to be playing against the Stars tonight, wrapping up a Western road trip. And, uh, Certainly looking for that third win, uh, and I mean it would be a, a huge one, I think, to come back after this trip. Which, you know, out west it's it's tough to win games, and the Montreal Canadiens historically, I mean, they've had a bit of a rough time. Not specifically with this kind of a trip, but I mean, Western Western Canada comes to mind as being a little bit of a of a of a tough spot. But I mean, it, it's been a pretty good trip thus far and i'm sure that they would like to get that third win to to really get to make this a great trip as brendan gallagher said so they're definitely on the upside of the roller coaster and if uh, you'd like to answer our (laughs) our question of the week the question of the week being 
simply, do you like roller coasters? Um, You can do it in a number of ways. Uh, Reach out to us on social media. Uh, Look for our All Habs page on on Facebook. Text us at the Rocket Sports text line. That is, uh, you know, uh, it's easy to get in touch with us. 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. You can text us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We we always love uh, hearing from you. Um, and, um, you know, look forward to our coverage uh, of uh, the game tonight, uh, allhabs.net for sure. But there's also another game this afternoon, and that's about to get, away, uh, get underway in about 45 minutes, and that's uh, the Laval Rocket hosting the Toronto Marlies. Uh, The Rocket just completed uh, a two-game sweep uh, over Hartford, uh, who were at the top of the league standings. Um, And now they'll face the the Mighty Marlies. And so look for uh, the AHL Report folks, the AHL Report on Twitter. And that's uh, Chris G, who will be in in Place Bell and uh, will be on site. Amy Johnson um, uh, covering that game as well. Uh, and uh, we'll have all kinds of, of uh, information for you on, on that. So uh, be sure to, to check us out on social media. Absolutely. And Chris and Amy doing phenomenal work uh, covering the Laval Rockets. So definitely follow along with their coverage as well as the coverage, uh, live tweeting and the game recap tonight uh, for the Montreal Canadiens game against the Dallas Stars looking for their fourth straight win. And before you know, that would be some great momentum to have as you head back home to do battle with a bitter rival like the Boston Bruins. So uh, Montreal definitely looking to uh, close it, close this road trip on a high note. Uh, as Rick mentioned, follow along with the uh, AHL report coverage as well. And certainly you can uh, follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as at the AHL report at all Habs as well. Uh, and certainly as Rick mentioned off the top, the great segment that he and Amy Johnson had on Nikita Sherback. You can find all of you can find the podcast. This one, the Have a Listen podcast, Habs Unfiltered, and from the Press Box on all your favorite podcasting platforms, including Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Play. Just search for Rocket Sports Radio and hit that subscribe button. You get all four of them. So uh, we'll be back next week discussing all things Montreal Canadiens. And as I mentioned, they're going to be after this game tonight against the Dallas Stars, going to be doing battle with the uh, Boston Bruins for the first time this season. So that's going to be something to talk about. I believe I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that we might mention that next week. So we'll be back with you next week. Thank you for listening to the Canadians connection podcast here on rocket sports radio. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.